up, what up, what up? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. You know, Ty, the other day I was in a bit of a mood. Okay? I was driving with my girl. I was in a bit of a pickle, you know? Just like, mm. not really happy. Just, you know, driving along. And uh, I think Bay sensed it. So she actually put on the podcast in the car. Ooh, woof. <laughs> That's crazy. Woof is right. But it was just me and her, you know, and we're cruising. And it put me in such a good mood. Just hearing my own voice, Ty. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But I, I just started laughing. I was laughing along to our podcast. And, you know, it made me realize that we're really out here bringing joy to people. Uh, you know Subway patron, I think you have to be a little bit self-centered because anybody who walks in the subway is there to make a sandwich for themselves. And I think Mm -hmm. that was like the same energy that you had listening to this podcast in your, uh, what do you drive, a Honda Civic? No, I was in a G-Wagon, you know, the G63 tie, but Mm -hmm. you're right. It is is funny because like, not only do I like, make my own sandwich for myself at Subway, but mm-hmm. I'm like making my own podcast to listen to when I'm driving on, on Highway 1. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, yeah, but, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you want to like architect the world the way you want to live in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's really a choose-your-own-adventure uh, situation. Mm-hmm. DIY uh, lifestyle. Like the media you consume, this home you live in, it should be all a byproduct of your own a reflection of your taste quite literally and emotionally wow you are correct sir um how are you doing i'm good i'm good i'm uh how's ty doing i'm surviving i'm calling in from my family home in the interior (laughs) of british columbia uh easter weekend rolled around and as it does why i'm beckoned to my family home for that weekend i uh you know uh, i yeah i know i know you're at home because of you know the virtual background that you have going on here in zoom as soon as uh ty visits any family home it's you know some random image behind him and not his actual surroundings um so i was a dead giveaway but i can relate well, this is the biggest problem, Eric, is that there's no such thing as a cool family home. All family homes have uncool environments in them, bad lighting, uh, questionable decorative decisions and paint colors. So the virtual background is probably designed specifically for work from parents' home. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, if, if I have the option to, you know, show a nice image of Subway, you know, or... Or show, you know, the color that my parents have painted the walls. I'm probably just going to go for the image of Subway because I feel more at home there. <laughs> home is where my, my mouth is salivating. Home mm-hmm. is where I'm home hungry. Is where... <laughs> exactly. I get hungry as soon as I step into those green and yellow doors, Ty. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just think, like, there's this thing where, like, at a certain age, you just stop uh, furnishing your home. You just, like you have enough furniture and you just tap out of like consumerism in like, you just, you never go to home sense again, you know, like Ikea is mm-hmm. completely off your radar. Like I was, I was like in a room in, in this house 
the other day and I was like looking through some old pictures and there was a picture of Ty as a baby. And uh, you better believe that I look just as adorable as I do now. Um, mm-hmm. And in the background, that baby face. Yeah. In the background of this photo, Eric, was a pillow, pillowcase on it. And I looked mm-hmm. at the pillow in the photo and then I looked behind me and the pillow with the same pillowcase was on the bed in the room I was in. So that pillowcase is like 25 years old. Holy shit. So, <laughs> so you're telling me, Ty, that somebody bought this pillow and then they said, why would I ever go to HomeSense again? I have pillows. <laughs> I have pillows. I don't need to go to a home store. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like the like maturity like graph of like all homes it's kind of the same thing as like you go into subway and you're like i'll get the lettuce and it's just as brown as it was yesterday it hasn't changed you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's bottomed out Mm -hmm. not only are you still getting a lettuce (laughs) that's been bottomed out but you're uh, also getting the same sandwich every time now bro like like you in our younger years, you know, we might be more open to experimenting, you know, mm-hmm. getting a little meatball situation, getting a little falafel. I guess back then the menu was different, but now, Ty, it's all about maturity. We're going for the same consistent sandwich because I don't need that hectic change in my life anymore. I just want to like, mm-hmm. you know, hit cruise control and worry about other things, you know? Yeah, it's it's something weird about just human nature. It's something about like the neurodivergence with age that encourages people to stop diversifying and start optimizing. And I don't know when that shift happens, but I'm afraid of it, Eric. I'm a, I'm a Brett boy. I'm a divergence daddy. And <laughs> I don't, I love that the way I love to mix it up. You know, I'm, I, I, they, I call, I make a vegetable medley every time, a salad du jour on my bread. And I don't want it any other way. Holy fuck, I'm losing it, Ty. Um, wow, speaking of uh, being neurodivergent, how was Coachella, bro? How was the Revolve party at uh, Coachella? Oh, <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, shit. Uh, I guess summer has finally started. We had week one in the books of Coachella. Yo, I'm kind of over it, you know, man. <laughs> I, I realized this weekend, I'm like, I'm looking at Instagram of all these people taking similar looking photos at sunset uh, in the Coachella Valley. And I realized that all this charade is, Eric, is unimportant people like you and I watching (laughs) pseudo important people at an event, watching actually important people lip sync. That's all Mm. Coachella is. There's just like layers of importance kind of gravitating outward. And Mm -hmm. we're, we're all outside the club looking in. Yeah, we're outside from outside the club, Ty, and I'm ashamed to admit it, but that's just because, you know, Grey Goose didn't, you know, drop the check to let, uh, you know, Think Fresh Boys pull up, but, um, you know, big, huge miss on their part, if you ask me. Um, you know, it could have been, uh, you know, Sneaky Danon <laughs> or mm-hmm. something, or one of those companies could have sent us. Maybe that mm-hmm. would be, you know, a little Oikos. <laughs> mm-hmm. like um, where's the yogurt where's the yogurt we're part of the yogurt family but yeah, they weren't really uh, don't want us in their will you know <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly we're we're in the uh you know big dairy mafia and the fact that they didn't send us over 
It's a bit mm-hmm. of a slap in the slap in the nuts. But but Ty, you're right. It's just like basically just influencer Olympics. Like if you if you consider yourself an influencer and know my choice of words, I'm not saying inf- influencer, I'm saying mm-hmm. influencer. If you're an influencer, you're not there. Like you might as well just quit. Like you mm-hmm. haven't like really committed your life to the craft of you know posting shit, getting free products and posting them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's basically the like the South by Southwest of influencers. It's it's your annual conference. It's your Cannes festival mm-hmm, for exactly. for this weird strain of creative that we call the in- influencer. <laughs> I think like the entire year is spent basically like networking. So if you're an mm-hmm. in- influencer type, you're, spent, you're spending the entire year basically creating these connections so that you can like flex them all at Coachella, okay? Mm-hmm. Coachella is like the NBA finals for, you know, if you're like got a fat ass in an Instagram account. Totally. It's the all-star weekend of taking people in your carousel. Mm-hmm. And... All-star weekend, funnily enough, is the Olympics for thoughties. <laughs> in any given city um but influencers high it's all about coachella it's a fact and honestly i think it's a next year i would recommend they just get rid of the music altogether and just focus on being the social media conference that it is mm-hmm. it totally is and i actually like realized this i was looking at the photos as well on instagram and oh i found that whenever like a real concert photo came up i just like immediately skipped it i was like i don't, mm-hmm. I don't care about this like i don't want to see like what like Doja Cat's doing? Like, mm-hmm. I want to see like your ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I watched like ten seconds of an eighty-eight rising stream, and then I thought I actually just want to see fits, you know? Exactly. It's like I want to see fucking Emma Leger with a like black leather tank top. Like that's what I want to see. Mm, shout out to Emma Leger, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Emma. What is she good at? We don't know yet. Just no idea. Fits. I think so, uh, being worldwide, global. And you know, the other problem with Coachella, Eric, is that they consider themselves an arts festival, but the two arts that we specialize in were completely absent from their uh, tasting notes of the weekend, their menu. <laughs> no culinary leaders, culinary influencers. I didn't see any mention of the art of fine dining there, despite being... Mm-hmm. Uh, adjacent to a foodie hub of los angeles and also yeah let's reflect on that <laughs> Ty, let me just hop in here on your first point mm-hmm. you're you're missing the point because these these people don't eat there's no eating happening at coachella Ty. we're in the desert we're burning calories we're in a caloric deficit all weekend and that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it <laughs> we're there losing weight and taking pics I couldn't, no one can afford to have a food belly or a food baby for even a minute out in the desert because you never know when um, the Daily Hive is going to snap a photo of your Audi and And we're not talking about the Quattro. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Damn, it's a really, that's a really rock solid extra toasted point, Eric. Because you're getting toasted out there in the desert. It's both a food desert and a desert desert. Like, mm-hmm. if you're eating in April at all, leading up to Coachella, you're making a, once again, influencer mistake 101. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's a fa- it's a fasting event, really. So yeah, fair enough. What's your second point? What's what else is missing? Podcasts. You took the words right out of my my <laughs> cute little mouth. <laughs> Where are all the podcasters at, Eric? With 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 big spotties push to make podcasting the new, basically the new music. You'd think that they would at least set up a small stage for a few uh, like. Mid, middle famous podcasters to do their mm-hmm. do a live shtick well the problem ty is nobody wants to fuck a podcaster yet yet um mm. unless you're joe rogan that guy's uh everyone wants to fuck joe rogan you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just yeah i get that <laughs> yeah but it's not like you want to fuck the music, <laughs> most of the musicians like you want to you want you want to get laid down with swedish house mafia eric you don't no, well, I've never really thought. I've never really considered it. I've considered it as much <laughs> as I considered ordering the seafood medley, which is weak <laughs> moments <laughs> late at night. Exactly. Uh, weak moments late at night. Sounds like a weekend song. Yeah. It does. Wow. Well, Ty, I think there is an opportunity in the future for Subway to have a kind of like a food truck situation um, mm-hmm. in the desert, you know? The ingredients there don't require any kind of like liquid. It's a dry mm-hmm. offering, um, <laughs> and uh, I think it could be really easy to make a sandwich and you know have that in the desert. What say you? Yeah, if you're smart enough with your um, eating habits, you could probably stretch one foot long out the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I actually think Subway ingredients might fare better in a warmer climate because every time I visit in the kind of mediocre climate of Vancouver, all the vegetables are really soft and mushy and wet. And I think it's Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're absorbing the moisture in the air around us. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's a catalyst to the decomposition process. But if we were in the hot, steamy sun of uh, the Coachella desert, I think that might just dry out the veggies a little bit too, so they can kind of like regain some of their like natural texture. Mm Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, Ty. It's a real soggy experience out here. And mm-hmm. just the thought of, like, the air, like, thinking about the people who dine in that subway, they're breathing out air, and that air is making its way into my tomato. Mm-hmm. I just uh, don't know if I can stand for that anymore, Ty. You know, we need a, more open-air ways. That's what we need, open-air subways, so that there's mm-hmm. no CO2 from the other patrons getting mm-hmm. anywhere near my veggie sub. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching um, the show Chernobyl last night with Bay, and um, it got me thinking, like, maybe Subway does need some sort of containment dome, um, mm. just, like, on top of, like, you know, the veggies and, like, all the ingredients. That way, there's no, like, air coming in or out. There's no, you know, nuclear poison leaking from the uh, salami out into mm-hmm. the world. It's just, like, fully contained and... You have like a sandwich artist wearing a hazmat suit, mm-hmm. just like assembling your sandwich. That way, no germs can get in. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe it's the germs that give it all the flavor. We don't really know that. Yeah, I'm sure there's good germs and bad germs, kind of like good fats and bad fats. Like a, like a positive bacterial infestation is how we get that Greek yogurt sponsorship. <laughs> right? Exactly. Good molds, like, you know, in blue cheese, for example. Mm-hmm. 
more on the um, shredded cheese. Yeah, like exactly. That's that bad. Mold. I'm pretty sure it's good. It's worked in there. It adds a bit of a pungency. Mm-hmm. That's all funk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I agree that there's like definitely a hygienic issue at Subway, but I don't think that's unique to Subway. I think that's a symptom of a fast food industry, industrial complex, optimized for capitalism, not the health of their consumer. But uh, mm-hmm. that's just, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least they don't, you know, paint on like the grill marks like they do at McDonald's. <laughs> do they do that? <laughs> do they have? Do they have burger artists painting in the back? <laughs> <laughs> they have literal burger artists in the back, you know, painting like little flakes for the sesame seeds on top. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ty, I don't know. The the patty itself, have you ever just taken it out and looked at it? I try not to, man. I try to suck that thing back. Oh, yeah. No, No looking, no tasting, no smelling. It, I would be. I would actually be better if they could just inject McDonald's directly into my stomach, like via like some sort of like sandwich IV. Mm. I would take the approach of a classic eating disorder, <laughs> and mm. just take a big bite, chew it up, and spit it out. Because I don't want that thing entering me. I just want to taste it. You know. Mm-hmm. Reject it at the door. That's very uh, dietary divergent of you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about these like um, new age diets, Ty, where you get the pleasure of actually consuming the horrible shit. Like mm-hmm. maybe I have an IV of like some broccolini going into my armpit while I'm mm-hmm. chewing on the McDonald's McDouble and I just spit it right out. But I do get mm-hmm. the broccolini at the same time. So I'm eating, but I'm not eating what you think I'm eating. That's beautiful. <laughs> You're finding an equilibrium. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to um, confess to you, Eric, <laughs> I, I did eat a McPlant last week. Actually, oh, no. I'll be honest with you, I hit it twice. Oh, Back-to-back no. McPlants. And no, twice two nights in a row. No, Damn. it was a bit of a weekend bender. Damn, are you having a sneaky link? <laughs> sneaky <laughs> link over at Mickey D's? No, yeah, uh, dude. It was just a one-time week moment. I, I saw the ad plastered on the glass of the mcdonald's and i i needed to investigate i needed to know what's happening in the faux meat scene Um, so i took it for a spin so how does it compare to the impossible is this like a burger or what 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 are we eating here walk me through it yeah yeah so the mcplant despite its name is nothing to do with plants it's a burger Uh, it's basically a big mac but with some sort of uh truly mystery meat in it or mystery meat-like substance okay and i would say that it tastes basically like your kind of classic mcdonald's burger you got shreddis in there you got uh, some sort of warm savory patty you got that special big mac sauce and um maybe a, a loose pickle <laughs> and, and, there's and always a loose like, slice of pickle that loose slice of pickle and then of course a seedy bun um I realize that other fast foods aren't as like, um, I guess, direct and descriptive with their bread offering. Like they don't even say it's on a bun. You just kind of figure that out when you order it. Mm-hmm. It's just a picture of a, a a piece of bread with seeds. Mm-hmm. I just assume that this has been baked. Mm-hmm. 
So I do appreciate Subway's uh, attention to detail and like uh, a celebration of nuance with the herb and cheese bread, despite the lack of specificity of both the herb and the cheese. <laughs> I know. I, uh, um, I also realized that um, with the McPlant, and I, maybe this is a, like a, you tell me that this is a pattern with their fast food, but there's like whole lot of brown happening with the meal like outside of fries with it it's just a whole lot of brown you can mm. call me uh playboy carby <laughs> with how much brown that i was eating whole lot of bread <laughs> damn it damn it dude um i think you're right but that's just been i don't think that's just fast food like that's all food in general like all the good food has always been brown potatoes fried stuff any kind of bread you know what mm. i mean like if, you, if I'm at a buffet, if, I, if I'm, you know, in Mexico at a mm-hmm. all-you-can-eat buffet and I'm loading up my plate with whatever I want, better believe it's all brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And I don't know why brown has asserted itself as the dominant color on the plate. Like, something about it just looks so good. Mm-hmm. I know. Fuck a rainbow diet. Like, give me some brown food. Like, I want, like different shades of brown like i want some dark brown i want some mm-hmm. you know light brown mm-hmm. uh some middle brown <laughs> a bit of beige maybe even yeah even let's go with, yeah some beige some tempura brown um yeah. a little bit of beef brown i like uh, a few different brown textures butter. of brown too i like brown sauce brown protein brown breading brown sides mm-hmm. crispy mm-hmm. browns mm-hmm. soft browns mushy browns I feel like we're this is like how British people we're describing the British diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a British uh or was it like British breakfast? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crispy brown, brown shit the on the plate. Browns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like brown beans, like some dark liquid. Like what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some mushy peas. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> You like some fucking mushy peas on your fucking lunch, bruv. You stupid fam. Uh, you fucking stu- stupid fucking cunt, bruv. Damn, that was really good. That's Eric. me ordering. Uh, that's me ordering a fucking breakfast when I'm in when I'm in London. Yeah, and I, I you fit right in there. You don't want to be um, accent divergent. When Shut the fuck up, bro. When abroad, you want to blend in. Where when I am brown. abroad, when mm-hmm. I'm being abroad, <laughs> <laughs> you're dabbling in being abroad. When I'm transitioning, Ty, and mm-hmm. I'm dabbling in being abroad, I am talking about my mushy fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're transitioning to other other places, other walks of life. Mm-hmm. Other, other meals yeah, exactly give me some mushy fucking cunt on my fucking toast bro <laughs> oh man it would be so hard to be an artist in the uk because all the vegetables would spoil and <laughs> and, <laughs> and there wouldn't just be there wouldn't be much creativity i can't imagine there being much creativity there mm-hmm. like you're really gonna go to london uk and be like at Subway, like, can I get a side of crisps? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? 
<laughs> I wonder if they play into that. Like, if you think about the shredders era, think about the lettuce. The lettuce comes into the store green, and then it enters your sandwich somewhere <laughs> between becoming green and brown. But I'd imagine there's, like, nobody in, in London wants fresh lettuce. That's a for, foreign entity, too, and that's some California shit. Yeah, uh, being healthy is some bull- Western propaganda bullshit. Give it is propaganda from hardworking brown lettuce. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want any of that new world bullshit. So at a certain point, the lettuce must stale enough to become appealing to Mm -hmm. the uh, the British palate. I Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's the case with most of the vegetables. (laughs) They're just like, they let them age. They love aged shit there. They're like, this is aged cask. We've been been making this this flat beer in the basement of our pub for Mm -hmm. 15 months. Would you like a glass? Yeah, a shitty fucking warm water that's been fermenting mm-hmm. in my in my ass yeah we have the audacity to call it beer yeah but it's just sludge yeah i mean give me some of that brown avo i would love mm-hmm. some brown avo so one it matches my teeth um mm-hmm. and also it's soft enough for me to chew with just my gums <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody nobody in the uk gets their sandwich toasted they need to be able to gum it down <laughs> Nice and slowly, come that either, round down. <laughs> you either are gumming it down at Subway in London, or you're mm-hmm. gumming up some fucking free food in downtown east side of Vancouver. Uh, you do one or the mm-hmm. other. <laughs> yeah, there's two types of gummers. <laughs> you know Brush your teeth, gummers high, They give good head. <laughs> so, well uh we got some breadheads listening that i'd probably tap into that that advice some breadheads are in, tapping into that market that's for sure yeah no that's a wet well, market that's, that's a wet market well uh if you are interested in a brown footlong you can head to brown town aka london england and make yourself a sandwich <laughs> I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Oh, if you love exactly. trying new things, head over to Brown Town. <laughs> That's right, Ty. Um, Ty, before we close out today, I need to tell you about this show I've been watching on, on the old Netflix. Um, okay, we'll make time for that. We we need some time for this. Have you seen The Ultimatum? Is this the the marriage one where where just like a bunch of like sixes and sevens get together <laughs> and question their relationship? Mm-hmm. Sevens, they're only a seven because they're committed in a relationship. In the mm. free market, they would be a five. <laughs> mm, Eric finds commitment attractive. <laughs> I, I am attracted to security. Yes, just like any any old woman. Um. But Ty, you're right. Why is it that uh, this show exists? Like, you you really got some sixes and sevens out here being like, marry me or fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. TV does crazy things to people. I I, I watched about five minutes of the first episode. I didn't get any deeper than that. But it seems like a a pretty interesting social experiment. Tell tell me, what's your takeaway from it, Eric? Well, Ty, it's full of surprises. And I... I urge you to watch it because, um, yeah, some really shocking stuff comes out, and it's just like a wild ride. It's it's a it's a roller coaster. It's not like any of these other TV shows, like you know, too hot to handle, where 
you just know they're going to do something and it mm-hmm. happens and then you're supposed to act surprised mm-hmm. or you know temptation island where you know eventually they like cheat on their partner and then they the partner sees it and they have a meltdown none mm-hmm. of that happens here there's all kinds of cheating happening but the partners are okay with it because they're just sick of each other and it's pretty entertaining it really makes me realize that like the kind of concept of uh, a relationship is in need of maybe a redesign for 20, <laughs> 21st century lifestyles. I, are you talking about, we want to see more than one sandwich artist. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I'm suggesting yet, but I think like the fact that this show exists for a subset of people um, and seems to actually be, uh, helping them navigate their relational qualms tells me that we maybe need to, as a society, re revisit what a relationship means. Like maybe, maybe we need maybe people jump into it too quickly now. You know, the sanctity of marriage is um, not something you want to take lightly. You're right. I don't know where they found these people because they're all like 25. Like mm-hmm. they're all like younger than you and I, Ty. Um, and they're like giving their partner the ultimatum saying like, you have to marry me or else, or else we're done. It's like, like, how do you even get to that point? Like if you need to ask that of your partner, it's like something, something's up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something's up. No no doubt. Like you think it w- they could resolve it before it got to that point. That's the thing. It's like, it's like you don't decide you hate your footlong sandwich at the sauce. Like, you know, you're going down the wrong path and you need to make steps to mitigate before then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like any bad sandwich is a series of bad decisions. It's mm-hmm. not, it's never like the artist's fault. You made the sandwich. It's, mm-hmm. It starts with the bread pie. It starts with, the bread, it goes into the meats, cheese, you know, veggies, sauce. The fact that you let it get that far is a reflection of you, the creative director. It really is. And you can only blame yourself because you should have seen the green flags, green and yellow flags that were taking <laughs> you down that path to a, a shitty sandwich. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then once you, you're, you are always facing the ultimatum. You always have to tell yourself, it's like, do I have to, do I buy a sandwich or do I like leave? Like, do so I walk can't away? Start over. At that you point, can walk. Yeah, you can walk. But at that point, you can't start over. Like, you got to make a tough decision and that can be a hard inch to swallow. Yeah. Do I abort or do, and walk <laughs> out? <laughs> My deadbeat sandwich daddy. <laughs> do I leave this artist to raise this sandwich all alone? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Out here raising appetites. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, Ty, you're faced with an ultimatum. And uh, if you leave, then you're you're no more satisfied than you were coming into it. You'll just go to the next artist. Go to the next franchise down the block and mm-hmm. try again with a different footlong. Mm-hmm. They should have a rule. In order to incentivize, like, working through problems and mm-hmm. communicating with your sandwich artist, they should in- implement a rule where if you need for any reason to restart your sandwich, you have to go to the back of the line. Like you, like, yeah, no problem. You can restart here, but you have to go to the very back and you got to pay for this sub right here. And I'm going to eat mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there needs to be repercussions for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine though, like if someone wasted too many resources by bailing on sandwiches for too long, they might end up on like a no toast list, mm-hmm. uh, which it's kind of like your bar watch or no flies list that uh, I'm sure you're on both those. So you're <laughs> no stranger. Uh, you walk in it anyway and they say, uh-uh, Eric, your picture's on the wall. We don't need any more bad sandwiches from your little brain, your neurodivergent <laughs> brain. Can you please explain to me what the fuck neurodivergent means? I don't know, man. You tell me. I want you to tell me. You were saying it. You said it three times this episode. Uh, did I? I don't. I don't really remember that at all. <laughs> I think yeah. it means Neuro, like, neurodivergent. Pie yeah, once think again. to think different. It means thinking fresh, Eric. It means people who think fresh. <laughs> and on that bombshell, Ty, we are. 153 episodes deep into this. Yes, 153, going on 154 later this week. So thank you to the Breadheads for following along on this journey with us from meat to seat. That's, that's, I just came up with that. That's pretty good, hey? <laughs> from meat to seat. Because <laughs> you sit down to eat the sandwich and the meat's the first thing you add. Mm-hmm. From bread to dead. Wow. From malign to feeling fine. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Wowie. Amazing, Ty. Well, um, speak to you later this week and to the breadheads out there. Think fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Bye.